This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley. A week ago, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms stunned the city with the announcement that she would not seek a second term as mayor. In the time that has passed, a number of leaders have said they would like to succeed her as the 61st mayor of Atlanta. And one of those candidates joins us for Perspectives today. I must say, as we begin the program, that each announced and declared candidate will have an opportunity to join me on this program to share their thoughts and their vision for the city. And for today, we are pleased to welcome Atlanta City Councilman Andre Dickens, who is now a declared candidate for mayor of Atlanta. Councilmember Dickens, welcome. Ah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Condice, for having me. This is a big decision. Tell us about uh, what led you to decide that you would like to be the 61st mayor of our city. Yeah, well, this decision was made back when I was 16, when I decided one day I'm going to run for mayor of Atlanta. And, you know, I'm a city council member now, a two-term city council member citywide. And so I've dedicated my life to improving our city and serving the residents of this city. So I'm running for mayor right now uh, to ensure that our government works for everyone. This is a time that we need a, a leader with a bold vision, but also a proven track record of integrity, of listening, but also delivery upon what the people are looking for. And so this is my time. Were you surprised when Mayor Bottoms announced her decision not to seek a second term? Yes, I was surprised when Mayor Bottoms decided to not seek a, a second term. Most of the time, mayors trying to get two terms back to back. So I was surprised when I heard the rumors last Thursday night and then uh, Friday when she stepped on stage and uh, and said that she wasn't seeking re-election. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was shocking. Prior to that announcement, there were two already declared candidates in the race who were going to challenge Mayor Bottoms you were not among those. What changed? Well, it's a whole new day when the, uh, the race opens up for uh, the mayor bottoms to not seek re-election. It's a whole new day. So um, now I'm, you know, running because uh, the time is now. We need sturdy leadership. When I looked at the, the field of individuals who were already in, I saw that they were lacking some of the leadership qualities that I would like to see in, in mayor, uh, honestly. And so I wanted to uh, put my hat in the ring uh, and, and, and take this mantle and uh, lead the city. You have run for public office before, so you do know how the story goes. One of the things that you now end up doing is introducing yourself again to the city as a mayoral candidate, as opposed to how you have introduced yourself to the city previously as an at-large representative on the city council. Tell us your story. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, my story uh, continues to just uh, broaden over the past eight years as a, as a citywide city council member. If you think about it, uh, I'm the true story of an Atlantan that grew up in, uh, you know, working class family and uh, made my way through Atlanta public schools and on to be the first in my family to go to college at Georgia Tech. And so I am a candidate that, that, that truly is that old Atlanta and new Atlanta, that bankhead to buckhead. But also, I know technology. I'm a technologist uh, that also can raise a hymn in a Baptist church, right, as a deacon. I'm someone who uh, has actually started a business, who actually run, ran a business for nearly a decade that had uh, from scratch, from an idea to $3 million a year, 20 employees. Uh, and so when you talk about inventory management and, and payroll, uh, hiring people that are uh, formerly ex-offenders that are black or white or gay or straight and, 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 and leading uh, a, a business to fruition, 
uh, and be able to serve the public. I've done that in that capacity. I've also uh, started a, a, a nonprofit, a program that takes people from survival to success, training them in high demand technology skills. So on average, they leave with a $56,000 salary. So we're with this new economy that we have, but still my connection to all of Atlanta, been in every corridor of Atlanta, in nonprofits, in churches, and in and, and business, I am able to take this city from being a tale of two cities and bring it to one city that has prosperity for everyone. Economic development that has balanced growth is going to solve a lot of our problems in infrastructure using innovation. And I'm also going to do this with integrity. How I, how I really present myself to everyone is the same way I've been, an honest character that you can depend on, that what I say is what I'm going to do. And I'm, and, and, and I'm going to actually listen to the people and deliver upon my promises that, that we come up together. And, and I'm going to invite everyone to be a part of the solution set. How would you describe your vision for the city of Atlanta going forward? My vision is inclusivity. Uh, my vision is about a city that works for everyone and a city that works well. Uh, as an engineer, as a technologist, I know how to run things, how to build things to make them better. Families depend on us to, to get it right, that our water system works, that our sewer system works, that our roads are safe, that our bridges are safe, that our police force is equipped and trained and is, is efficient and, and effective at what they do, that we get these things right. And so that, that means you have to be up to the task of efficiency and leadership and making sure that you train people and guide them in the right direction inside a city hall. But you also have to make sure that all around the city that you, you can communicate with the small business owners that hire so many of our workers in Atlanta and the big business folks who bring all these opportunities here to say, be inclusive in your hiring. Let's figure out how to train people for these 21st century jobs. Also, to, to be able to have a working relationship with our Atlanta public school system. For far too long, there's been a gap, a divide between the city and the school system. I created the, 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 the commission, the, the joint commission between the Atlanta Public School Board members and the city council. I created that because I wanted to bridge the divide, but that couldn't go to mayors and, and to superintendents. I'll bridge that gap as mayor. I'll make sure that we work hand in hand because I believe in that as an APS student myself, as an APS graduate. So um, I think that what you'll see in me is that I... I'm, I'm going to uh, lead a smarter city, a, a city that has innovation in mind, one that we're going to make smart decisions. And I'm not afraid of new thinking, but I'm also not afraid of what used to work to bring it back to when it worked. And so I think that being inclusive and available for discussions and on the job at all times on how we're going to transform this city and make it even, even greater than it is right now, that's going to take a mayor that's an engineer, a mayor that's a nonprofit leader, a mayor that's a church deacon, a mayor that's born and raised here that knows every nook and cranny of this town, a mayor that's a father, someone who uh, has lived experiences of this city. And so that's what I think we need at this time and what I'm going to lead on. One of the issues that will be discussed throughout this campaign will be the increase in crime in the city of Atlanta. I know you know this. What is your plan to attack that? Yeah, right now it is a very, um, very serious time as we, we think about the crime increases that we've seen. Personally, I have a daughter that just turned 16 and we got her driver's license. I took her to get her test on Wednesday of last week. And yesterday, the day I announced that I'm running for mayor was the very first day I let her drive by herself. Run your errands, go to the grocery store. And as much as I thought about her driver's safety, I also thought about her personal safety, right? You know, making sure that she goes there, she's going to come home safe. But that's what people talk to me about, you know, 
know, can I go to school safe, go to home, go be at home and go to work safe? Well, that's a very important issue for everybody across this city. What we need to do is do it on, on two fronts. After the crime has been committed and before the crime has been committed. There's a police version, there's a police set of actions. Right now on the weekends, we gotta improve our 911 call response time. It's life or death. These emergencies can't go to hold times that are too long. And also you cannot go to voicemail. In the city of Atlanta right now, sometimes the call times are 30 seconds, a minute, and sometimes it goes to voicemail. That's somebody on the other end that is in an emergency situation. So we have to beef up our 911 officers, pay them. We got to be able to have them paid well so they want to take this job and stay on this job. But it needs to be civilian run. The second thing is we got to treat our officers with respect and give them uh, more money when they need more money, but also uh, better training. Take the older officers and train them on sensitivity training and all the de-escalation tactics that we know we need as part of this criminal justice reform movement that we're going through. But that's all after the crime. You know, that's all after the crime has been committed. There's a lot of things that are before someone makes the decision to commit a crime. One is we got to get better with our youth engagement. That's why I created Midnight Basketball uh, a couple of years back. We couldn't do it last year because of COVID, but we're going to pick that right back up where youth have something to do. We're going to increase that to do boxing. We're going to do a lot more with our parks and rec. You know, I created the Atlanta Youth Commission to give youth a voice inside of City Hall. All these youth engagement to really, really have our nonprofits and our parks and rec to really put our arms around these youth so that they know the right way. But the after after the clubs, the nightlife, you know, we can't, you know, Atlanta's got nightlife in our blood. Entertainment is in us. We're not going to do away with nightlife. We're just going to do it right, do it better. When it's time for the clubs to shut down at the end of the night, everybody needs to go home. You can't stay in the parking lot. You can't be all around the streets. We need police to be out there in force to be able to say, hey, let's keep it going. Everybody needs to go home because violence is happening at three in the morning in parking lot clubs and bars when people need to be going home or going to you know, some restaurant or wherever they need to go, but they don't need to be back at the club. And so I think having a discussion with every club owner, every bar and saying it's better for you to uh, comply with these rules so you can still continue to make money and, and, and feed your families and your employees than to let all this foolishness continue to happen outside the club. Uh, later later in the evening. And so many other um, initiatives that I will put in place uh, that before crime is committed, that, you know, poverty is, is uh, leading to some of these uh, poor decisions that people are making as well. Councilmember Dickens, the community perceives a morale problem amongst members of the Atlanta police force. Okay. Is that your experience? Does the city have enough police officers? And if not, how do you go about recruiting police officers to the city of Atlanta police force and have policing be an attractive job. Yes, we, we definitely don't have enough officers on the street. Uh, the city council uh, has over and over again authorized us to be at uh, a number that's 250 to 300 more officers than we currently have. We've invested in, um, in that. So I would say that right now we have to go out there and hire and train and prepare officers. So we have to go on a hiring blitz. And I think we're doing some of that. We just have to do more of it and do the training, um, you know, and get, and get them through the, the uh, academy. And then once they're in, to get them ready for real uh, full-time work. And so, uh, you know, I was the one that um, helped find the cadet housing. We used to didn't have cadet housing in Atlanta. I worked with uh, the Atlanta Police Foundation and Chief Turner and I identified some properties. And now we have built out housing for the cadets to live in. This is the type of leadership that we're gonna need forward thinking. In addition, to cadet housing, we do have to um, make sure we continue to boost the morale of our officers and also make our citizens feel safe. 
and safety is, uh, you know, the, the number one first goal of a mayor. And so with that, being able to talk to the force right now, I do talk to officers, uh, a number of the lieutenants, uh, and many of them, several of them are my friends that I grew up with. And so being able to communicate to them about the needs that they have um, and the additional training that they have, that they need, but in a short, quick time frame to be able to get them up to speed on all the new training that they need and, 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 and put that into place, but then to move forward with a bold hiring plan that, uh, you know, leaning on top of the fact that we now have cadet housing that, and, and a bonus structure for them to start uh, to, to be really come into this profession because the profession has been beat up over the last couple of years, right? And I, and I, for one, believe that we need to have police, right? And we need to continue to support the police, but we also need to make sure that citizens feel safe, uh, uh, whether that's with police and, uh, you know, excessive use of force, but also with the expansion of crime that we've seen. And like I was saying earlier, the, to, the solutions to crime are not just about police. The solutions to crime are often about youth engagement or about dealing with our nightlife in Atlanta, um, that, that after the clubs are closing to let them, uh, everybody go home and to be able to manage that and to talk to our club and bar owners directly and say, this is the type of behavior that we don't want and this is what is allowed and that we will uh, come for liquor licenses and et cetera. Uh, but to be supportive with them about what they do. So to have a carrot and a stick, so to speak. Um, lastly, to also deal with the, some of the other uh, causes of, uh, of crime, whether that be hopelessness, people just feel like they're in despair, that they have no other choice. So we have to embrace society, uh, all those people that are on the fringes of society. And the last thing I'll say is to take uh, officers that are um, dealing with non-emergencies and put them on emergencies. So uh, talking to people that are having mental challenges or experiencing homelessness or any small uh, jaywalking or family matters that those disputes, we need to have resource workers, social workers and other individuals that can go out and tend to those issues where officers that are trained to be able to deal with life or death emergencies to be able to have those officers respond to life or death emergencies in a quicker, faster response time versus dealing with non-emergencies. So I will be doing some uh, reorganization of what we, uh, what, what we have officers do. I think the crime issue is one of the reasons why we consistently hear from residents in the Buckhead area of Atlanta talk about how Buckhead should be its own city, which would then just be devastating to the city's tax base. Uh, where are you on that issue? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't want to see Buckhead become its own city. I've lived in Buckhead just like I've lived in Adamsville and uh, in Home Park and Midtown. I've lived across this city in my in my uh, lifetime. So I understand the value that Buckhead brings to the city, but also to be very frank and talk back to Buckhead and say, I know what Atlanta brings to Buckhead. Uh, there was a decision long, long ago that uh, brought Buckhead into the city of Atlanta. We are a uh, a mutually benefiting group. Um, we benefit each other and we need to see each other as um, as family, see each other as, as all part of the same uh, fabric. And, uh, and while we say Buckhead, Buckhead is not a monolith. I have tons of friends, colleagues and supporters in Buckhead that don't communicate in terms of uh, we're different. We want to be outside of Atlanta. Those that say that have given up on inclusivity. They have given up on uh, being a part of the solution set together. I think that if they felt heard, 
those individuals need to feel heard. They need to feel like um, that, that their government cares about them and hears them. They, they, don't, they should not feel like they are the only part of town that, that has been hit with crime. Uh, they, uh, they are not the first, they're not the last, they're not the only uh, that have expressed uh, the need for more uh, attention as it relates to police. And I, I get that and I'm gonna be um, supportive of that. And, but I'm not gonna be supportive of a Buckhead exit from the city of Atlanta. We can get through this. We can work, work together on the solutions. Again, as I state, some of this is a government solution and a, and a police solution for sure. As the mayor, you have to deal with that. And you have to attack it head on. But also this is a full inclusive business, clergy, uh, nonprofits, uh, just good residents. We all need to be able to affect the change and get this right. And I will take care of that. I will work with Buckhead. Again, like I said, I, I've been a citywide elected official for the last eight years, and I've, 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 I got a lot of votes and a lot of supporters in Buckhead, and all of them are not the same. And they're not all saying, I want to leave Atlanta. I actually get calls from people saying, who do I need to tell that, that, that I don't want to leave Atlanta? You know, so some, some, some folks uh, think one way and others, but I would not paint uh, Buckhead with a broad brush at all. Are there initiatives that have been started by Mayor Bottoms that you think were really good ideas that you supported and would continue in a Dickens administration? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We were together on uh, to give the police the raises that they received, the largest raises that police received uh, in decades in any administration. So we were a part of that, the city council and the mayor. We agreed to that. And um, I mean, that, that, that has to continue, that type of support for police officers, for firefighters. Uh, we need to continue that type of support. Um, you know, so I definitely would, would, would support that. Um, our, uh, what was started was open checkbook. And, um, you know, I think sometime uh, during her administration, that is, you know, kind of, uh, it, it's in, but it's out sometimes. So I would make sure that we support the open checkbook that we all asked for in, um, you know, five or six years ago, and then it got implemented under her watch. And so I think uh, open checkbook is when uh, you, you can go online and see all the expenses of the, the city of Atlanta. Um, so there are a couple of initiatives that uh, she has started that, that I would like to keep. What would be the top three priorities in your administration? Yeah, first of all is making sure that we uh, have good public safety. So that means, if, uh, you know, we just took uh, Chief Rodney Bryan from an interim to a chief. We're going to have a stable chief of police. And the chief of police is going to be, you know, either a national search would take place to, to have that chief. And once we get the chief in place, the chief is the chief until the chief isn't. <laughs> so the chief is going to be over law enforcement, and I'll be the voice of the citizens to law to to, to the chief. And we're going to uh, lead the city together and make sure that uh, we have the proper safety for our citizens. So that's number one. Two is to make sure that we have uh, inclusivity in our uh, housing, to have more affordable housing and uh, to have, uh, you know, I, I did the inclusionary zoning policy for the city of Atlanta where uh, around, the, uh, around the Beltline. And that means that every new development uh, that's al along the Beltline has to include 15% affordable housing uh, units in it. I think we can do that across the entire city. So more housing and uh, affordability is something that I think that uh, we can have uh, in this city. And number three, workforce development is gonna be key 
uh, as, as this economy is coming back, as we come out of uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, we're gonna have to have more people back to work. And uh, that means more training, uh, like I do in my, in my profession as uh, I created the technology career program at TechBridge to train people to go from survival to success and to get jobs that are in the 50, 60, $70,000 range. We have to be able to have an economic development model that is across the whole city, a balanced growth approach, meaning the south side of the city has to grow as well as the north side of the city. And every type of individual in this town needs to be able to have a pathway to prosperity. So I think what, what, what we will see in my administration is balanced growth, balanced opportunity where people will have a, a fair shot and a fair shake at the lifestyle that they deserve, an improvement in quality of life through that, through that mechanism. Last thing I want to ask you, Councilmember Dickens, talk to me about your relationship with uh, state leaders. Uh, clearly, this administration that will be exiting in January didn't have the best of relationships with the governor and with some other uh, state lawmakers. That's critical to the success of not only the city, the region, but also the state. Yes, I have fantastic relationships with members of the state house and uh, state senate, uh, and, and and even uh, members inside of the governor's administration. So what I'd like to say about that is working together, being open, being friendly, crossing lines. We know where we disagree, but there's no reason for us to be disagreeable. We have to be able to communicate uh, our, our similarities and our differences. I have a number of friends that I've actually done projects with, worked with in the state house. Uh, we've done uh, things in technology together, uh, lots of stuff in technology together, honestly. Uh, right now I'm sitting at the Georgia Tech, <laughs> at the Georgia Tech Board of Directors retreat. And there's a couple of members of the, of, of the, um, of the General Assembly that are here that we're just, we're buddies. You know, they, you know, regardless of political lines, we get things done together. And I think, um, you know, if you look back at, you know, I've been the department, I've been the transportation chairman for the city council for the last four years, which means I have, my committee has oversight over Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. And there's been talks about state takeover. You know how you prevent state takeover is you have to have relationships with the state to talk to them. And we've been able to keep the state from taking over our airport by, by being able to talk with them and say, this is what we're doing. This is all the things that we have in place. And let's work through this. Let's not talk about taking over anything because we've been running this airport for five decades and it's the most efficient airport and it's the world's busiest airport. And the way we do that has been uh, through, you know, allowing the city to control it and run it. And we can, we can uh, fill you guys in at the state on, on, on what's going on. But we run it with ethics uh, as, uh, as uh, uh, over the last uh, four years, this has improved and they can see what we're doing is above board and we got it right. And they say, okay, we were gonna try to take you over but we're not because we see you're on the right pathway. So doing the right thing and also being open to uh, dialogue and conversation has been how I've been successful uh, in working with the state. And I think we'll be, um, we'll be able to do uh, more once I'm mayor. Councilmember Andre Dickens, we look forward to talking to you uh, even more as, as the days progress and we get to November and the mayor's race. Appreciate you for your time. Good. Thank you, Condis. I appreciate it.
Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condis Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.